everybody. This is Pastor Mark, and this is your Team Vineyard podcast, helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. Uh, again, I'm glad to be here today, and I'm actually uh, excited to join in a conversation with Pastor Allen about family and how to raise kids. And most of us find ourselves in the midst of some kind of family relationships. And uh, uh, again, maybe this will be especially helpful for those of us that are uh, have uh, kids, grandkids. And it would also probably apply to those of us who do uh, nieces, nephews, all that stuff. So anyway, our, our topic is family. And uh, again, Pastor Alan is here, and we're going to try to just share a little bit. So first of all, uh, Alan, why don't you share a little bit about your present family uh, situation? Tell us about your family. Sure. Hello, everyone. Glad to be with you today. Uh, we have uh, five children. We've been blessed. Uh, Marianne and I have been married for 33 years. And uh, we have not only five children, we have uh, 11 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. So we're pretty excited nice. about that. It's awesome. <laughs> and you said you've been married how many years? 33 years. Nice. Uh, well, some of you know my situation. I've been married to my wife. It'll be, it'll be 30 years here coming up in the spring. And we have three children. Uh, ages range from, boy, that's going to be hard for me to remember that. I think 25, 22, and 19. Something like that. Um, and so I think uh, we'll just start to jump in with got a couple questions to uh, respond to. So, Alan, if you could share, how did you get started? Well, first, I would say, because I know you, you guys have gotten some pretty good fruit in your family. I know your children, most of them pretty well. Uh, and... Uh, uh, they're doing well. Uh, uh, I know a couple of them really well, and they love God. And and uh, I would say, from at least from the outside looking in, you're being pretty successful as a family. How did you uh, get started on doing family well? Um, was there something that made you begin to spend time and attention focusing on marriage and family? That would probably have to be back when we when I got saved. Uh, I fell madly in love with Jesus, and it changed everything about my life. Uh, and I knew I had to change everything because I was sure headed the wrong way. And with trial and error, and we don't pretend to have done everything perfectly because we sure didn't, but with trial and error, uh, we just jumped in. We just felt like we needed to start having Bible studies with our kids. We needed to start praying for the kids. I remember we actually started praying for uh, Hannah and Sam, uh, which is our youngest. We started praying for them because we've kind of progressed in our walk, matured in our walk. We started praying for them, laying hands on them when they were in Marianne's tomb, <laughs> womb, excuse me. <laughs> Marianne's tomb. Yeah, not the tomb, womb. the womb. It sounds, we're not about, getting there. it sounds about the same. But. Yeah, yeah, really. So but even anyway. before they were born, yes, we you, were got, you were praying for yes, your kids. We sure were. We were not only praying for them and for health and everything, but also even for their marriages. We, we prayed for their marriages before they ever were out. We were 
were praying for him and hoping that uh, God would uh, deliver them with uh, wonderful, wonderful, great spouses. And they did. So even at an early age, you are praying not about what's right before them in time, but you're praying about their future, yes. the life events that someday they will face. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah, we sure did. Well, I think our story's similar uh, in that when I became a Christian at 20, then there was, I didn't get married for six or seven years, but it's primarily my walk with God that made me prioritize um, family. In fact, I've had a purpose statement uh, for my life since I was in my 20s after I became a Christian. And uh, a couple things in my purpose statement, I think, have directly made me focus time and attention on marriage, uh, marriage and family and kids. Uh, my purpose statement is to love God, to serve my wife, which has helped me pay attention to my marriage and then to train my children. And so I think just having a purpose statement made me um, pay attention mm -hmm. to make sure as the day goes by, I'm doing the most important things. And, and part of that's, you know, my, my marriage and family. I remember thinking uh, in terms of my marriage and the raising of my kids, it's on my, I cannot afford to fail at this list. Mm -hmm if that makes sense. Like, this is not an option. I have got to work hard on it. So I've had a sense of urgency since mm -hmm. our kids were born and since I got married. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't have a purpose statement, uh, but I had something that we lived by, and that is Jesus Christ was going to be first in our life, mm -hmm. and second was going to be my wife, and third was going to be my kids. We had an oh, order, wow. and that's where it was. And uh, the kids knew that they come under mom, and that mom is going to be my uh, partner for the rest of my life. She is the, what is it, that God brings us together as one. And uh, so uh, we, that's pretty much what we did, but it wasn't a purpose statement, but we kind of lived Sounds it that like way. Sounds like it, yeah. kind of. So you just mentioned something, uh, uh, which, so you communicated to your children even these priorities, and it sounds like you just said, my kids knew my first priority was mom. No, nope, Well, first priority was God, yep. but then second priority was mom, and then third priority was kids. Yes. And so you can, and I, uh, um, that's just interesting and probably mm. helpful for them to know the structure mm. of your family. Yeah. So well, it helped with the discipline part too, <laughs> you know, when they knew that they just could not sass back to mom or if they did, then I was going to come down on them and uh, not that I ever, I never even had to spank my kids. I never spanked them once, but they knew that that threat would always be there, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I never had to because they knew that, uh, that we were serious about that, that you have to honor your mother and your father. Okay. So that's great. That's great. Um, so as a father, uh, and now even Alan, maybe as a grandfather, are there differences b between the way you have approached parenting uh, uh, your daughters compared to your sons? Um, is there, has there been any nuances in the way you've approached uh, 
your your children like that? I just thought that was a, an interesting mm. question. Did you do anything special with your sons compared to how you treated your daughters? I yeah, I, we treated them differently, but, but the same. I don't know how. Do I, what do I mean by that? We loved them the same. There was no difference, of course, in that. But uh, we learned early on that boy, uh, what works for discipline and things like that for. One boy might be different than another boy. And the same thing with our daughters. I mean, I could sometimes talk with them. And if I was harsh in a, maybe harsh in my voice, uh, boy, I could drive one to tears and the other one, you know, not so much. And so I, I learned to, I had to discipline myself in that way, depending on who I was dealing, which child I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I think my thought with that is similar. On the, my first thought on whether, whether I've approached my sons or daughters differently my first thought is not significantly but yes um i thought about uh some of the bible verses david when he was talking to solomon in the old testament and he gave him a charge his charge to his son was to be strong mm -hmm. and show himself a man mm -hmm. and so i think in some measure i have worked a little harder with my son to say I've parented him in such a way to say, you're going to have to be tough. Mm. That's part of what being a man is. There are times you're going to have to be strong. So it's it's not a, a major difference, but I've emphasized that with mm. my son. By the same token, in the New Testament, uh, the Bible ad ad admonishes women to not focus on outward beauty, mm. but work, keep working on the, the beauty of a quiet spirit and a, a gentle and quiet. So, so again, wasn't major differences, except for I know a few times in conversations, I would talk to my daughters in a way that was probably a little more specific to these are my girls. And so mm. uh, just a little different than what I would have said to, now nah, that's my son. Yeah. So and we did the same thing. No, did, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, when they had to respect, they had to open the door for their sisters and things like that. We would, and for their mom, you know, and yeah. we just did that. We just thought that that was appropriate and to show honor and respect that way. Yeah. <laughs> just recently, this is like now time. I was, oh, I'm not sure. How can I say this? I did not get permission from my daughter to share this. <laughs> Um, but I had a conversation with my daughter who was going to, uh, uh, visit a friend, uh, um, and, uh, it's a, it's a guy friend. And I said, I think he should probably come over here and pick you up because she's a girl. And so we just, it was just a conversation that was different. And we had a conversation about, uh, it was a different conversation than it would have been if she would have been my son. I just remember just having a unique conversation with my daughter about, hmm. And uh, it, it went, it, it, I think it went well. I don't know. That's neat. No, <laughs> but I definitely have treated my sons and daughters as individuals. But sometimes their gender has come into play. And I Absolutely. say, you're a man. And you're so, Absolutely. even when they were little. Yeah. You know, we, we felt the same way. Uh, it was not, they were going to go over, our girls were not going to go over to the guy's house. I mean, they needed to be coming over here. Yeah, we felt very strongly on that. I uh, sense a little bit of old school parenting <laughs> in the 
room. Oh. But it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as good as we could make it work. Yeah. So, Well, now I don't know. Uh, that reminds me of a question that I just heard from a younger parent. Uh, and I believe uh, he's got three kids, all probably under the age of six. And he asked uh, just today, are there different approaches to how you parent in the different seasons of life? So is there anything that you do differently when they're two than when they're six or when they're 10 or 12 or 25? Are there anything things that come to your mind, Alan, like transitions you remember with your kids? Yes, definitely. Uh, When they were two, we didn't, for example, we didn't do the same studies. We had a a children's Bible study that we did every night. And it was, it was pretty, pretty weak, (laughs) but it was good. It got the point across what they could understand. And as they grew older, we progressed in what we would go through. And then we started reading a children's Bible. And then we started reading from the main Bible. And uh, so it was very much differently all the way through and to where we were at when they were 16. uh, They were still coming in on our bed and we would all jump up on our bed. And we did that for years and we'd have a Bible study. And uh, they did that even then at 16 but we were into uh, we read a couple books Uh, one was the radical the other one was uh, crazy love and we would go through them uh, not even a chapter at a time but maybe a page or two at a time and then we would just discuss that so definitely depending on their maturity we changed all that but it was always focused on Jesus so you've always had some kind of a a regular family devotional time. Absolutely. With Almost your kids. every night. Hardly nice. ever did we miss. It's a and great it was, idea. Even when they would have somebody stay over uh, in their later years, we would still have a Bible study uh, and uh, we would just include the kids with it, the other kids. So mm-hmm. it was fun. Great. Um, I'll just throw this question in there. Uh, can you think of anything that you, as you look back over your years of parenting or marriage or now with, even with the grandkids, that you wish you could go back and change? Was there a mistake? <laughs> yeah. No? Well, no just a couple. Just one. <laughs> yeah. I guess one that really comes up in my mind is we were at the dinner table one night and uh, and we were talking like we do. We say our prayers and so forth. But then we talk about what things are going on in our life spiritually. What What is happening? So Sam, he must have been at that time, oh, gosh, maybe 10, 12. And, uh, and he posed the question, Dad, I'm not sure I believe exactly like you do in that. And it was about Jesus. Why? I I freaked out. I was like, (laughs) my son, I didn't say this to him, but I said, my son, how can this be? You know, you've been raised up since you were born in this. And you had a question. He says, I had a question and I didn't hear him out. And I immediately jumped on him and said, well, I what do you mean? Oh. I can't believe you, you, you doubt. And it was, oh my goodness. And those words came out of my mouth and it wasn't 60 seconds, maybe two minutes uh, that I said, 
please forgive me. And I asked God to forgive me. And I asked him because I could see I had hurt his spirit. And that was something that is done when he was about 10 or 12. And if you bring up to this day, ask him what it was that I made a mistake. That was a big one for me. And so I had to repent. I told other people uh, it was not good. (laughs) So you would emphasize the reality of... um I had one of my kids had some times of question spiritually, even when they were really small. They just tend to be more analytical. Yeah. And uh, uh, I can remember at times two things happened. One, it reminded me to pray for them mm. more. And then, but I did, I remember uh, uh, one specific time saying to one of my kids, you know what, I've had those same questions too. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to believe. And I think that was probably a helpful thing uh, to be vulnerable with our own um, challenges in our walk with God. Amen. Uh, and in fact, I would, I would say that's probably a good little point for all uh, parents who are raising kids Make sure you're not faking it with your kids. We all have struggles questions. and challenges and questions, and there exactly. are times that God does not make sense to me. Don't fake it. Your kids need to know that that we're not don't have perfect undying faith at the same time. We have questions. Exactly, and we should be safe. It should be safe enough place that they can come in and ask and not have any judgment on them like I did for that short period of time. I wish I could change it, but but I can't. It's what I did wrong, and uh, but repented and went on. Yeah. The one thing that came to my mind uh, regarding mistakes, or if I could go back, I would include my children more in some of the day-to-day projects of life. Mm. I was just thinking about this uh, in a talk that I'm getting ready for. But I think there are times that if I could go back and do it again, I would sit with my kids while I was working on a message or while I was working on my computer or while I was trying to figure out the lawnmower. I would have in sometimes probably forced them to say, come on, we're doing a project and you are going to be right beside me and uh, and help me. I lacked in that way too. Yeah. And I wish I would have done that. If I would have if I could go back and do that, I would involve them into more of that stuff. Yeah. I did involve them, but not enough. I, I wish I could involve them more. Yeah. And so spend you would more do that time more, with them. You would do that more too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yes. Um so if you can uh, try to describe some things that you have done in terms of a family calendar or how you have, and this may not just be with the parenting thing. We've kind of talked about the parenting thing, but how does your family life affect how you schedule your life? This may have to do with how you make marriage work well. Can you talk a little bit about your family calendar? Yeah, uh, we... <laughs> Whenever we were invited to some place to go, as our kids were with us and growing up in the house, the kids were coming. It was a it was a no brainer. They were always going to be with us, and very rarely would we ever 
have the grandparents watch them or anything. Mm-hmm. We always took the kids, and it was almost always. And we just didn't get setters. Uh, we just believed in taking the family with us. And if you're going to invite the mocks over, they're probably going to come. But the kids were well behaved, and they could come over, and they would they would sit there with respect and so forth. It was usually families that what we were involved with. So you prioritized on your calendar, like some events that were just couples only or just adults, some of those those events, you just would, well, you wouldn't go. We chose not to do yeah. them. Yes. I'm that's sure there exactly were some right. exceptions to that, but yeah. generally you'd be like, no, you prioritized. Oh, that's a great, that's a great uh, idea. Well, understand. It, it bled over into like sports too, the same way. Uh, the sports, if it was uh, a sport that took them out on Sunday, and if it was Sunday morning during church, we didn't do it. They were not allowed to do it because church was a priority for us. It wasn't something that we got up and made a decision on whether or not they're going to church. We're going to church. There wasn't any questions of that. And the same thing with their sports, the same way. We didn't allow that to come in and take a priority. Priority was being with Jesus. And uh, that was a priority through our life uh, well, forever. Yeah. You know, well, that's a very a simple concept, but it could be new for some of the folks listening. Um, so you didn't wake up every weekend and ask the question, are we all going to go to church? That was just a given. given. And that wasn't because you were on staff at a church most of those years. Absolutely. How long have you been on staff here now? It's been about 10 years. About 10 years. But before that, for most of your Christian life, you were not a paid pastor. Not at all. And so... Interesting. Um, anything that you've done, how have you prioritized time with uh, Marianne, your wife? Mm. How? Because I know you guys have just, unless you're faking it, you guys have a really <laughs> yeah. solid, committed, joyful marriage. We do. Is there anything that you do? To prioritize that. How, well, how does probably, that work? Probably a few things. Uh, number one, we study the Bible together. Uh, we'll do it on a couch every morning. We're out there. When I say every morning, there's some exceptions to that. But mostly every morning we're out there. She's doing her study. I'm doing mine. And she'll have her earbuds in doing one study. I'm doing another. But it's something that we've done. And another thing that served us well is having a date night. We've always tried to have a date night between my wife and I. And, uh, and then that's the time that we would get a sitter and when they were young enough to have to have a sitter. And that we get to grandparents to watch the kids and we would go out and a lot of those times uh, those years sometimes we didn't have a lot of money and so for us to go out was going to uh, I don't know a bookstore and uh, and getting a cup of coffee and sitting down reading a magazine together just to be with each other so how often would you try to do a date night almost every Friday night that okay. was that was our night that we went out and, and uh, when we had some money we would go out and when we didn't uh, we would just like I say uh, we would do it uh, bare bones so but it <laughs> okay. was it was time that we spent but also on the calendar uh, we would do it was important to us as far as uh, Marianne and I we would get them involved in Awanas they went to Awanas Bible study they they went to uh, upwards basketball things like that that we would get them in sending them to the church and having them go through uh, whatever middle school you know that they had high school and so forth they were involved and uh, with their peers and we thought that was really important yeah. so we prioritized that and uh, did that as well as we could. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when I was thinking about my family calendar over the last uh, over the years, one thing that I remember doing early on as a Christian, and then as a married guy, and then with kids, I ended up having to limit or chose to limit some of my hobbies. Mm. Um, yes. It was just a thing because of my priorities. When when some folks uh, were spending, uh, tried tried try not to get too specific, but I still remember when I remember back in the day when I had time to golf. That's and what I was then, thinking. And then when I got married, and then when we started having kids. I remember, I won't over-spiritualize it, but if the, I'm pretty sure if I were to say, Lord, should I go golfing? He would say, no, you're married. Or no, you need to be with your daughter or your son or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I know that, a, that a, having a good family uh, pinched out some potential fun, alternative, joyful, hobby kind of things that I just didn't have time during that season. Absolutely. It was exactly the same thing. In fact, as it was it was golf for me and actually playing cards. I, I used to play cards a lot and did that. But those were things that took me away from the family, took me away from my wife. And so I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And we're going to do something together. And that's what we did. But that was a choice I made. I, I'm not saying that that's the right choice. It was for me. And I yeah. needed to step away from that. And uh, uh, so that, that was definitely something yeah. that I did. A couple other things that came to my mind in like family calendar, as best I could, and Denise and I, as best we could, we tried to attend our kids' special events. We couldn't always do those. I think my calendar sometimes was the most difficult because of Mm -hmm. ministry events and evening events, but we really tried to attend their events. Another thing in our family calendar, we chose to, over the years, live on less money than we could have made because uh, we tried to prioritize time with our kids. And Mm -hmm. as much as we could, we minimized. We tried not to have them at the babysitter. So Denise uh, did not work full time because we could live on what I made. And uh, so could have we made more money? Yes. But what the healthiest thing for our family was we didn't need more money. We needed more family time. Mm -hmm. So I just remember pruning things. Um, do you have any last words, Alan? Marriage, family, last words, last words of wisdom, oh, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. For the moms and dads or maybe grand grandparents out there, how do you do marriage or family well? Wow. This is going to sound, I don't know, maybe like a cliche or whatever, but spend time in the Bible. It is the number one thing that I can do, uh, any person that I've ever met, if they spend time with in the Word and praying to God and trying to live their life like Jesus would have us to live it, it will change everything, everything uh, in anybody's family. If both the husband and wife are focused on Jesus and their needs are being met by Jesus, it's that's it. This is where they're headed. Man, life just becomes pretty sweet. It's when I get off uh, from time to time and think of myself and and I have myself as number one for a very short period of time. That's when I just, I'm a mess and I need to focus on Jesus and to be in the word. That's the biggest thing. I think if I'm right spiritually, then I'm going to be right spiritually with my wife and my kids. Yeah. So 
Good. A couple final thoughts for me, I think for for parents, for even uh, husbands, wives, um, start now being urgent with this stuff, uh, especially I think I would say to those of uh, the church family with young kids, uh, I think it's a proverb that says, train up a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And so we started very, and it sounds like you did too. You were praying for your kids while they're still in the womb. Mm-hmm. You were probably doing Bible study over Marianne's stomach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, not Bible study, but okay. we were praying. <laughs> but start young. Amen. There are, uh, and scientists actually now observe this as well, there are um, seasons, different seasons of life where uh, we develop intellectually and spiritually and so how we approach our three-year-old three-year-old really matters we need to be urgent when they're three and that will help set the stage so that when they're 13 we don't have to go back and retrain them amen um and yeah, the, go ahead. And if the the grandkids, uh, if for example you have grandkids, maybe you didn't do that. I I didn't do it for my first three kids that were older. I didn't spend as much time because I became a Christian later in life. And uh, wow, uh, it's not too late. And that's what I had down to Mark on my my notes uh, that I wanted to say. I don't want people to think that. Well, my kids are all grown up now. I don't. There's not. There's not a chance for me. Yes, there is. You got grandkids coming up. You can still speak into your kids and your grandkids and uh, don't think it's too late because it is not too late. So So start young. And if you didn't start young, start now. Start old. (laughs) If you didn't start young, start old. Uh, But start. uh, But start. Yeah. Get started. Um, Well, there you go, Team Vineyard. I want to thank Alan for being willing to come and share and for him just modeling what it is to be a godly husband and a pastor and and uh, father at the church. I just appreciate him and his voice into the church. Um, and we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation about marriage and family. Have a great day. See you this weekend, everybody. See you later, Vineyard. <laughs>